when he like you pick up random weapons, but you never get more than two or three swings. He did drop it, yeah. <laughs> which at first <laughs> it pissed me off, and I was like. I was like, why the fuck would you drop the hatchet after? And then I was like, oh my God, in the game, you never get more than like two swings. Welcome to A Bunch of Us, a nerdy bunch weekly discussion of HBO Max series adaptation of The Last of Us. My name's English Dave, and helping me find the light when I'm lost in the darkness are my fellow fireflies, Raven and Mike. What's up, nerds? What up, Tell Dave? me to find the light, I'm gonna break your jaw. <laughs> I was gonna say it. I was like, "Is Mike gonna do it? He's gonna do it so much better than me." <laughs> yes, precisely. This is got that accent. Fast. Actually, I got. Oh, sorry. I don't want to get into it now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's go. This is the first of what nine podcasts we'll be doing for this uh, season of The Last of Us. Three of us are also huge gamers, and uh, long before this was announced as a series, huge fans of this game series, um, played it multiple times, uh, both of you on multiple consoles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's now I'm on yeah. the third console I'm playing this on now. Yeah, it is. Same. Same. And so Same. once it was announced that this was going to be a show, which at one point it was going to be a movie, which I'm glad it wasn't. Um, oh, that would have been terrible. Yeah. Look at Uncharted. Um, whoops, <laughs> which is both same same studio, Naughty Dog, which is insane. I'm glad they. It's sad because we all also love that game. I know, I did. If it was good I enough, do. we would have done a podcast about right? it. Right, the movie was good, but uh, this this series uh, hails also from um, from Neil Druckmann, who cre- uh, co created the game and wrote the story for the game series, and uh, Craig Mazin, who's famously known for writing the hit series Chernobyl. You guys seen Chernobyl? Oh yeah, that was really good. I was like, okay, they're setting the tone. This, well, yeah, Raven, you know thematic exactly things. what we have to watch next. Sorry. Yep. All right. The yeah. certain thematic <laughs> stuff in between that, these episodes. I guess that's what's next. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, we we all have we're old enough to know the long, terrible history, and still in some cases ongoing of video game to live action adaptations. We we reached a point where we're all just jaded. Like Mortal when it's Kombat, announced, we're just like, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. like it's like there's a curse of some kind. But it yeah. seems like at least for this in this uh, situation, the curse is lifted. I can't say it's lifted in general. You know, it's not comic book movies type stuff where the whole thing's lifted. No, I think in this this specific instance, the people involved made the right decisions, and uh, I'm happy with what I, what I'm seeing so far. So I'm gonna start with you, Raven. Quick thoughts. What are your impressions overall just with the pilot? Shit. Um, <laughs> that's I feel like it, that's Mike. my one word review. <laughs> Shit. Uh, what an adaptation. Um, it was, yeah, it was everything I could ask for and more. Um, we had some cool added scenes, you know, that I didn't know I needed, but I liked. I, I was into it. And um, I think that the action and the pace moved really well. And I felt like in terms of matching um, shots and kind of mirroring gameplay with uh, the way that the movie played out, well, the show, sorry, see, movie, it was very cinematic, like scene for scene almost. I I was sitting there wanting to grab my controller and be like, oh, it's my time to play. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I felt like it it was a fun thrill ride and it was as exciting for me as playing the first game the first time was you know 
Even though I knew it was coming, I was still thoroughly entertained. You, you touched on something um, quickly that I want to elaborate on in terms of adapting this from from a video game to live action in terms of knowing what's going to happen, but at the same time having peripheral narratives that we don't see in the game. Um, I was listening to the podcast with the creators and they spoke about that difference of when you play create a game, you have to have moments where you teach the player how to play, how to run, duck, shoot, all these kind of stuff. So you have to create circumstances where you're learning those things. In a TV show and movie, you don't do that. So you have to do something else. And you know, and even in the show, in the game, uh, we spoke about this off podcast, Raven, where you can collect stuff like find people's notes and audio recordings and things like that. The TV show is going to show those characters and expand upon it. So you're not changing things per se. Even though there's some tweaks, you're expanding upon it. So certain characters that we meet who might have been dead already in the game by the time we meet them will be alive in the show and we see their lives rather than just read a note from them as, mm-hmm. as we do in the game. You know, So I think that I, I just love that. And so for someone like us who have, uh, uh, it's almost like those people who who read the books of, of a TV show or a movie, and you know what's going to happen. Yes, yeah. video game is a visual medium. It's still translating that. I still think for someone who's seen it, myself, I'm still into it. I'm still like, ooh, how are they going to translate it as opposed to what's going to happen next? Mike, what are your quick thoughts on the on the pilot? Um, loving how so accurate to the point where I was catching line for line some of the dialogue. Uh, especially between Sarah and Joel, I remember. Uh, and I hadn't, I don't think I've played uh, the first one in at least a, like a year or two. Uh, but now I had to get the remake of the of part one just to be like, okay, now I want to play along with the TV series <laughs> to make sure how accurate it is. And I'm sure it will be, but like everything from uh, uh, Pedro Pascal's, you know, dialect that doesn't seem to put on, and yet he still makes it his own. Uh, Bella Ramsey, I thought they had uh, an excellent dialect, um, Americanizing, you know, uh, their their accent, and also, like I said, if you were to close your eyes, it sounds exactly like Ellie, the character from the game, too. In some parts, especially uh, when they're just screaming, cursing, you know, asshole, you motherfucker, you know, just the hard or for some reason that they have on there uh that you just hear not in that way but like you know it was just like um i i i'm I'm super excited to see uh how the rest of the series definitely plays out because with nine episodes i really think they're going to take their time in getting every little detail uh, of this story uh as accurate as they possibly can um Let's talk about quickly, rather than before going to story plot points, let's talk about the actors themselves. Mikey started talking about this. Um, Pedro Pascal, I think he's fantastic as Joel. Like, even if they, they race swapped him, he looks exactly like Joel. <laughs> still, like, I've never seen a race swap that still looks like the character yeah. so well. Like, I've gone so, yeah, like I even young lie. Joel and old Joel. <laughs> I was mad at first. Like, I was like, Pedro Pascal, why? Like there's so many, <laughs> there's just so many options out there of like a slightly right. older looking white Texas male, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, you know, this Pedro Pascal, interesting choice, but I'm also looking scene for scene, like, damn, you know, looking at certain <laughs> right. angles to the point where I'm like, did they hand, like, did they dye specific hairs on his chin? <laughs> 
to mirror <laughs> the aging in the game. Like specifically, oh, like exactly like yeah. beard, the beard is exactly the same to the point of the strands matching. To the point where I'm like, <laughs> was there really some, you know, was there a right. Uh, hairdresser or whatever sitting there just perfectly <laughs> you know highlighting each beard um strand but yeah I, I felt like yeah very impressed with the casting a lot of people are mad about it it's weird i was looking at comments on instagram and twitter and stuff and people were kind of mad about casting all around i'm like dude marlene mm-hmm. is literally the voice actress How, yeah really what? right <laughs> you can't get more accurate how more spot on could you get <laughs> who like, else are you asking what do you want from us <laughs> Right, right, right. You know, but yeah, I, I felt like yeah, Joel is the voice. It's creepy, like you said, with both Ellie no, I, and Joel. If you close your eyes right. and you play the game, and then you pause the game and you play the show, you wouldn't know where one started or ended. And like you said, mm-hmm. there's also dialogue, like line for line, in the show in the game, which is kind of dope. And not only it, where it, it's it goes going, to show, which is nice, but it goes to. Sh- I was gonna say it goes to show how well the game's written, mm. right? You can just take the lip dialogue and it works so seamlessly and uh, in, in not just dialogue scenes shot for shot but the, you know the, the the neil Druckmann always talked about how there's always a tv show hidden within the game that's how he kind of you know the game isn't great i was talking to somebody it's not amazing because of the gameplay which is fun it's not amazing because of zombies and post-apocalyptic we've seen that a million times especially in video games it's how the story plays out, the story of these characters and, 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 and the, the emotions that you go through because of their narratives and you know some of the stuff that we spoke, we spoke about off podcast, that spoiler territory. All of that patched together is what makes it such a unique experience. Narrative. It's a narrative experience when you play the right. game. You know, and, and, and so it makes sense for it to work as, as a TV show. You know, um, I had issues from the trailer alone with Bella Ramsey. Because I was like, mm, as much as as much as 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 Pedro kind of looks like him, she didn't quite sell me. But then, like Mike spoke, watching the episode, just her attitude, I was like, yes, that's fucking Ellie. You know, yeah. just her attitude where she carries herself, but at the same time, she has that touch of innocence. You know, you still know that she's still young and innocent to the world. I think she, I think the I think the character is fully encapsulated perfectly. And I was completely sold. I was like, "Yes, that's Ellie." I was, conf- I, was, I was, I was, happy with that. Um, Raven, Anna Torv, Fringe, one of our favorites. First yeah. of all, Anna Torv is <laughs> literally hands down, bar none, my favorite female like TV actress. Um, you put her in anything, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love it, or I'm at least gonna love her. I can hate the show, but I'm gonna love her. She's gonna sell the shit out of it. Um, uh, I can't I can't say all the things I want to say, um, because of certain spoilers with Tessa's character. So I'm excited to see how certain um certain arcs in Tessa's story uh go down in the show. Um, but it's gonna be hard because again, Anna Torv is an amazing actress. So there's some moments that Tessa's character has and is going to have that are tough. Uh, to get through and knowing how great of an actress Anna Torv is I'm like oh I'm literally biting my teeth <laughs> um, but I love the introduction I love the introduction to Tess's character in this show because it's different to the game um, I won't go too hard into it but in the game but we hear about it in the game right in the game long story short um, we're introduced with to Tess's character when she gets back to Joel's apartment 
after she's already been roughed up. She has the bruises. Joel asks her what's wrong. She says she gets beat up by, like, she got jumped by a couple of guys. And that's it. And you leave it alone. And in the game, you never find out what really happened to her. Um, and you definitely don't see it. So I do like that in the show, like you said, there's going to be things that we get to see played out. This was one of them. Um, we got to see kind of the backstory of what actually happened to Tess and, you know, uh, the events leading up to it. But it is slightly different, too, um, than the game because Robert is a little more in involved in a lot more aspects than he was in the game. Robert just stole some weapons in the game and they mm -hmm. tried to get their weapons back. That was it. But it wasn't like this whole, like, he's double-crossing people. and So I kind of like that little plot uh, in there. Do I look? I love that he's scared as, as hell of Joel. He's oh, yeah. terrified. He's like, what are you going to tell the guy? I love that his uh, his line was, you know, I didn't mean to, you know, my guys fucked you up. <laughs> but my guys fucked you up, you know? It's not like I meant to double cross you. I knew it was you. It's like, bro. Yeah, well, then, you know, then, then punish, punish them with something. That They're your guys. Right. And her response, I just, I feel like there was so much uh, character development in that one scene, mm -hmm. you get to understand that Tess is not somebody to be fucked with. She's a badass, you know, um, uh, at bare minimum, you know, uh, she's tough, you know, she can handle herself. She doesn't necessarily need Joel, but knowing that her and Joel are a pairing and seeing kind of just at bare minimum how strong he is, he's able to just lift people and carry them away at free will. Um, you know, you kind of, you, you realize like, oh, this is what we're getting into. These two on their own are pretty badass. And I love the introduction and, of Tessa's character. And she doesn't hold a grudge. No, she you know, gets Because she was just willing to like, let's just move along. You know, I know you tried to dub cross me. Just move along. Let's get the shit done. Right. I mean, you tried to sell me some bad stuff. She... You sold this to somebody else. <laughs> hey, it happens. Just let me go. And... I did it before. Right. I've done it. I love it. But that's the thing too. You find, you understand also in that scene that this is something that's just normal for this time. Like, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that the show picks up 20 years later also you know you get to understand that like this has been going on for a while we've been in the end of days for a while you know the desperation um you know and just the the rawness of humanity you know you got to understand people do what they got to do to survive so this would be normal commonplace conversation you know in retrospect too with tess uh it's also a story of how you should be handling revenge uh, as we mm -hmm. find out that, you know, The Last mm -hmm. of Us as a series becomes kind of a revenge story in many ways. And it's so great to see early on how best to handle that kind of situation, what can happen out of it. It's like, okay, she was ready to not do anything. And then what happens? Fate handles itself. And that was great. Two seconds yeah. later. And But then also on top of that, to going on what you said, Mike, she knows how to handle situations. She knows there's a time and a place. Because later when she talks to Joel, she's like, we're going to kill that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I won't tell Joel anything. Let's... I'll handle him. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I really want you to beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And we'll go, we'll go into Joel and, 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 and Tess's relationship in a bit. Because I think there's some, they play some really interesting uh, uh, things there. Um the show starts, Mike, I want to talk to you. The show starts with, with a backstory, a 1968 talk show. We don't see that in the game. As a gamer, how did that scene, uh, the setup that scene, how did that kind of make you feel? I was totally anticipating uh, added scenes, uh, added plot points, just to 
uh, assist new viewers into the story, introduce them into what this world is and, you know, what everything becomes. So actually it was actually, I, I enjoyed it because it gave a little bit more uh, uh, definition into what this kind of fungus is and what its cause is and its purpose. And uh, I don't think they really played on that too much. It was just, you know, as if it were like a plague or a virus of some kind, obviously it was some type of uh, fungus that, you know, mess with your mind. Um, but they really emphasized the fact that this was all one unifying uh, entity. Uh, it was all working for the same cause to basically keep spreading and for that to be the, you know, uh, main living thing or non-living thing, unliving thing uh, on earth. <laughs> um, and so, also it was terrifying uh i love that they had opposing opinions in the very beginning they are setting up the narrative um and just going on how severe it could possibly get knowing that they knew from that long ago too uh mm -hmm. and so it's set up already kind of like a spike this as soon as you hear that first like radio announcement uh in in the miller's house out on the radio some somewhere uh in what is it uh, uh actually jakarta. jakarta yes thank you uh, i love that conversation too <laughs> it was always jakarta yeah it's yeah. definitely a country <laughs> <laughs> that was smart yeah uh but yeah it was just like on in the background and they're like not even paying attention to it I'm like that's how it starts and then that's how fast it can be totally. spread too and he did and he told us he was like within hours it'll spread worldwide mm -hmm. be a pandemic pan universal just uh wow so, yeah, no, I, I, the yeah. entire first scene, very well done. You know, you touched a couple of things in that scene that I agree with. I think it does a good job of setting us up for the threat, right? Like you said, a lot of these threats, someone knew decades ago. So no one, no one paid attention. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it could happen, could happen, could happen. But no one does anything. You know, we do this all the time. Oh, this is happening. Oh, uh, uh, uh greenhouse effect and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff yeah pollution yeah it's happening but we're not doing anything that we could do you know, at our disposal at least and and so i like that setup because then everything else after that becomes anticipation anticipation like building up mm -hmm. anticipation through all the sequences because that set up the anticipation and secondly what i like about that mike i think what's terrifying about that is because there's an elephant in the room with this show right because we've just in real life gone through mm -hmm. in parts going through global pandemic and so to say, oh, no, this is not that. That's not the worst thing that could happen. You mean, wait, what? <laughs> that's not the worst thing that could happen. Oh, there's something far worse. What? And so it's like it gets away with not being too close to home and being a pandemic show, like in that sense, in terms of virus. But at the same time, it adds another level of fear by saying there's something else that's worse out there that's very real, by the way. It's not like made up for a show. It's very real shit. And I love when he touches on like, oh, it's there. It does nothing. But as the planet gets warmer, I was oh, like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, gosh, that shit. <laughs> you know, and I think they did a great job with that Raven opening scene. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to comment on that too. Um, I love that in this, um, you know, in the show, I feel like they do a better job of kind of explaining the cause of the virus, how it spread. Um, you know, what could have happened because in the game, I felt like it wasn't exactly clear. In the game, it also seemed like it was aimed towards, like, the fireflies or, like, the fireflies were kind of involved in 
the spread or whatever of it. Um, I kind of like that in this, you know, I like that we get the explanation of global warming having something to do with it. Like, this is a very, you know, this is a one-off chance. Like, say it's a 99.9% chance that this isn't going to happen. We're watching the universe where the 0.01% happens. You know, and I appreciate that you know, you do, like you said, you get the alteration of, well, the world's gotten warmer, you know, before organisms, you know, before a parasite couldn't exist, you know, and beings over, you know, that, that were more than 94 degrees, but everything evolves. And when you think about evolution, you think about just, just natural cycles of living things. It's like, that's what happens. If the climate changes, you know, the living organisms have to adapt to the climate. So this is very real. This is very likely. And like you said, it's real. This is a this is a, a, it happens to ants mm -hmm. and certain mm -hmm. insects yep. where um, it's literally cordyceps where they get into their brains and it controls them and makes them do crazy things until they finally like die and the, and the parasite moves on. It's really fucked up. Y'all should look it up. It is true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, as of right now, it's not, it's not possible for humans because of our body temperature, <laughs> which is a crazy thing to think about. That's the only thing that sets us apart is a couple of degrees of, you know, body heat. So I, I like the idea of that and adding to the paranoia of it. And also it kind of not being aimed at like human era necessarily. Like it's everybody's fault. It's generations of everybody's fault. It's not like, not there was one, one guy in a lab or right right <laughs> yeah yeah usually when we see yeah. stuff it's like some guy got bit yeah. by a monkey or you know something random where it's like you know it's a one-off thing and patient it's zero huge. right whereas with this there's no real patient zero it's just it's in the atmosphere you know so it's like what do you do and i do love the idea of that and kind of like setting off the show with that paranoia and fear because now when the show is continuing i feel like you're in the mindset of like oh shit you know, so everything that happens after this, 20 years later, you're still on edge. Like, what, what are you guys going mm -hmm. through? Even though we've been through 20 years later, you've been through the kind of like the grunt of the shock of everything. But for the audience being like 20 years later, you're still like, oh, shit, like, what? what's going mm -hmm. on? You know, speaking of setup, go back before the 20 years later, September 26, 2003. My third time reliving events that would lead up to Sarah's death still hits me every single time i think this this episode the, the show did a good job of giving us more time with mm -hmm. sarah played by the ever amazing uh, uh, uh um, nico parker nico parker uh, what's her mom's dandy name newton uh dandy newton's her mother it's crazy because once you realize you can't yeah. unsee it you can't you can't like oh my god put the name on the so face weird. but i'm like that's the space why <laughs> right right and it drives you crazy and then when you figure it out you're like oh my god that's all the mom's <laughs> looks of course yeah. You know, they do a lot of things with her character that create contrast to Ellie's character, and which I think was great to spend more time with her, you know, like her, because, you know, she takes care of her dad in, in certain ways, you know, I love that she steals his money to fix his watch. Um, <laughs> She's a good kid. And, and honestly. All the while, like, right. But all the while, again, you're hearing the background. Like, shit's happening. She's paying attention. The helicopters mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You know, she wants to help the old people. She sees the weird dog. What I like is that when the, the, the shit finally hits the fan and, and Nana goes crazy. By the way, I love the mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh. Her side. Yeah. <laughs> that That's very gross. We like it, that upgrade. It's also, I'll call that It's also upgrade. cool to see. I think they did a very, I don't know who the stunt person was, so Nana. 
I think they did a very good job of felt like this old lady's being animated. Like, oh, the background, the way the body in the middle of the day, right? It was so. Where it's just like that out of shot. I was like, did she do yoga? Granny, <laughs> <laughs> right. how you doing them poses, man? <laughs> seen her, like, I got like that actress in real life mm-hmm. had to do that, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> but in terms of relationship, what I liked is that in terms of showing the difference is that when Joel comes to save and kills Nana's zombie, Sarah's reaction is of like shock and awe. She's like crying and things like that. But at the end of the episode, when you see Joel bludgeon the person to death, you know, Ellie's yeah, like, I like this. What is that? Ellie's you activated. Know, <laughs> we got a lot more in common than we There's a curiosity to it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I can just bludgeon a person yeah. to death. What? what? Yeah. yeah. I thought that, I thought I thought that was interesting. Uh, given more time with Sarah, and again, I love the escape scene. It's different. The game you don't get a plane crash. I didn't re- remember that happening, but that's the thing. I felt like we did, <laughs> but it's done so seamlessly to where you question your <laughs> own memory. Bears kind of thing. Because everything else is so seamless. Like the moment where. Right. They're um, where they make it into the town and they're driving through the town. You see the yeah. theater mm-hmm. and the literally yeah, the house on fire. I see the theater and in my head, I was like, I was like, they're about to approach the fire truck. And I saw right. the fire truck. I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> like, I was just oh, 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 so oh, excited. They get, they get and even the people, people scurrying, it's the same yeah, clothes. Yeah. They put the extras yeah. in the same clothes. I was like, this is insane. Um, but then the plane think, happens and I'm like, I think in the game there, you get right? hit by you get T bone, right? And that's because you, you do get, get hit get by. Something. And I thought they almost approached that too. Like there was a car that, like that right. at that same angle that was in the game from behind Sarah. Right. Yeah. Turn and then there was that truck, but they just missed it in the show. So I was like, yeah. well, that was supposed to where it's gonna, <laughs> where it was supposed to happen now. You're like, like oh, that. okay, so they're good, and then you're like, oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> I appreciate that though. I was like. Oh, we got plane crash budget yeah. in this show. This is about to be right. good. This is about to be real good. We got we have plane crash budget, y'all. Okay, and we're we're adding plane crashes. Oh, this is about oh, to get shit. good. This is about to get. It's not even good. a plane crash TV show. <laughs> no, the only plane you're gonna find. <laughs> See, y'all just y'all just threw in a plane crash. Oh shit! This is about to get good. This is about to get real okay, good. Then. I was like, pardon me. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm very excited now. Yeah, and I, I really don't know. Like I played the game literally over the past week. It's probably not in there. Yeah, I just finished it like three days ago. I finished it, yeah, finished two it. days ago. <laughs> I finished it literally yeah, the night like before the show year. aired. So I was like, Yeah, but that that was a great moment. Which is why also the house on the fire. Scene. Oh yes, the house spot on fire. On, where he was like, Oh, that's yep. Jim's house. And yeah. then you look at it and I was Perfect. like, scene for yeah. scene. Damn. Scene for scene. That's no, good. The opening, we have house no, on fire budget. Hmm. The opening scene by her window. I'm like, that's the start no, menu. I, <laughs> right. The start. I was sitting there like wanting yeah. to press triangle. <laughs> Action button. Come on. I was like, ooh. I was like, turn like around. That. There's a note. <laughs> Go in the drawer. <laughs> Even the dog barking out the porch. I was like, oh my oh, God, yeah. the dog. But I, I love that too. I want to say that too. The dog said, hell no. Nah. Yeah. Trust mm-hmm. the dog. 
the way the dog was not effing with it at all. I'm sorry, but in any situation in life, because I have a pit bull, if my dog starts acting that way, doing anything, Mm -hmm. I'm following him. I don't know what's going on, but he knows knows better than I do. He can smell it. He can detect it. I'm following him. (laughs) Screw that. Especially it's his Mm -hmm. own home. You know what I'm saying? It's different if, like, you're going somewhere else and you don't know this place, but a place where this dog is supposed to be comfortable. And he's like, oh, you yeah. shouldn't go in there. And then runs away. Nah. I was like, you're a Raven. brave soul, Sarah. I think that falls I think that falls under zombie apocalypse uh, advice of the week. Trust your dog. Follow the dog. Follow the dog. Trust the Always dog. follow the animals. The... Yes, <laughs> animals. the animals. Because animals know. Yes. The animals can yep, detect something that you can't. And uh, they can probably definitely smell rotting flesh. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if ever you see a dog and they're not fucking with it, you shouldn't either. Rule of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that death scene. I think uh, Nico Parker. Okay. I think she does a great job. What was harder for you guys? What do you think? Playing it or watching it? Oh, it's always. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> you see, it's different for different reasons. Because playing it, I think she she did a good. Because I was Joel right in that moment, so I did. She did a good job of like her pain and me just watching that pain. But I think watching the series, you got to also experience Joel's pain from the outside in that moment. I think also uh, 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 um, Pedro Pascal does a fantastic job yeah. of just selling that pain. So I don't know. It's, it's different for different reasons. Either way, they f- fucked me so many times playing he this did, game. Like, <laughs> I, he, had, he took in a lot of influence from Troy Baker's uh, performance as Joel uh, from the game. Like that whole scene, him breaking down you know, panicked, but still trying to save her at the same time. And his brother just being like, no, you know, Joel. Joel. Yeah. That just one, literally just Joel. saying, Joel. I was like, oh, like, we could take it to the hospital. That's when the tears dropped because I was, I was holding them. I was good. <laughs> I was like, I got this. I know what's happening. You got this. Stay strong. Second half, I was like, oh, God. And then Tommy just, <laughs> yeah. Joel. I was like, fuck, fuck, it got me. And and what an ugly death! Oh, that was that was not a pretty, not a pretty death like, scene. Like, and I love and I love what that sequence also showcases the beginning of the change, right, of things. Because we go back, we we come to a similar situation later, which we'll come to soon. Because that soldier calls in and's like, "Hey, we have people injured," and he even questions like, "But sir, yeah. like he's just following orders." Yes, he's following orders to the T, but he's following orders. He questions it for a second. But you have to do what you have to do, kind of situation, you know. And I, I love that because it sets us up for what's coming, and that's what makes it even sadder. Trying to run away, getting shot in the back, throwing her down. Every moment of that sequence is just like heartbreaking. And even for 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 Tommy to just arrive, it's just a bit too late. He was there slightly earlier. Ah, literally side twenty bed. seconds. But it's that oh, event that defines I think, uh, 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 the story, really. All of the decisions that lead up after that, that 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 had to happen. Literally. I think um, Gabriel Luna as Tommy is great. I do love Gabriel Luna. He sounds and looks like a Tommy. I would never have. Which is also weird. I can't. (laughs) Like, I'm just blown away. I'm like, did they put them in, like, you know, did the the production team just put all the actors into voice acting classes, but specifically, like, weeks of just 
play oh, yeah, the game character. voice. Like, <laughs> this is Joel's voice. You have to get down Joel's voice. The fans are never going to let us, let us live it down. Like, we need you to yeah. nail this, okay? Same with Ellie. Because all of them, it's like, if you close your eyes, it just is. And I felt like knowing the characters like Gabriel Luna and uh, Pedro Pascal originally were cast as Tommy and and um, Joel. First, I was like, they don't really look like brothers, but I guess. But then I was like, no, I could see it. I could see it. Mm-hmm. But then it was also like, I guess at least you got brothers that looked alike, even though they don't really look like the characters. But then in watching it, I'm like, no, this is them. I got it. Yeah, it's fine. Is... <laughs> it's fine. It's completely fine. Hundred percent. You deserve every. 100%. You deserve this role fully, fully. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, whew. It's just, it's the subtleties, and I also love um just while we we're talking about Tommy um and Gabriel mm-hmm. Luna's portrayal, I love that we got to see a little more of Tommy in this um especially opening sequence because in the game when Tommy is introduced. It's already later on, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's when you're running mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. like you don't know anything really about Tommy other than it's your dad's brother, it's your uncle or whatever. And mm-hmm. you're playing mm-hmm. Sarah in the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know much about Tommy. And when the death scene happens, you're sad because you're like, that's her uncle. But you don't really know their relationship. So it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt as much. I feel like watching the death scene is harder yeah. knowing both Tommy and Joel's relationship to her and having to watch that. Because, you know, her uncle is, they're super close. You know, she makes him breakfast mm-hmm. every morning and he comes to the house willingly and just walks in, you know, and, and walks in and uses the fridge and, you know. So it's like little things like that. I think it, it hits a lot harder. And I also love just us being able to see the relationship dynamics. Like you see that they're close family. And even mm-hmm. though there's three of them, they're super close, you know. And and you also get the sense that... uh, uh um. Tommy's a little brother. Obviously, you know that in the sense of why Joel has to leave. Yeah, because we didn't get, get that of, either in the game. No, we don't know game, why just, Joel left the house gone. in the middle of the night. You wake up <laughs> as Sarah and you're just looking for your dad. And you don't know what right. happened or why. I love that the reason why is because Tommy got arrested, you know, at, at a bar fight, mm-hmm. but he was defending a woman's honor. So, well, he said, no, someone went crazy. That could That's be a hint on too. what was happening. True. Right. He said this guy went yeah. crazy on his girlfriend or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Went back yeah. down. And he said that he, he yeah. stepped in. But then it's crazy, too, because I thought about it. You never think about people who are locked up during zombie apocalypse. Right. You just don't think about it. You're like, you're in prison. This is already, a, you're already in there with murderers, <laughs> rapists, mm-hmm. dangerous people. But now they're also Possibly, uh, yeah, infected, yeah. infected, super mm-hmm. strong, even more mm-hmm. crazed, you know? So I, I I did love that subtlety because we didn't get that in the in the game. Yeah, um, Mike, let's talk about we started talking about it before, but let's go back twenty years later. The new normal. I love that opening when you see the little kid asking for help, oh, and then get infected, and he finds he's infected and gets killed. What did you think of that opening? And then it leads up to again setting us up right for Joel. The last time we saw him, he's holding passionately his dead the yeah. dead body of his daughter, crying. And the next, this next thing we see, he's just, yeah, like, doesn't care. Grabs a well, kid. Dead it's body it's also him. apparent too later he's on just, that he's, he's just been yeah. numbing himself. You know, he's been finding these, you know, drugs mm-hmm. that'll just you know knock you out, and he's drinking heavily, all in one go. You know, just to sleep, and so is everyone else. Apparently, no one that's that clearly is the problem. Everyone has trouble sleeping now, uh, but especially after everyone's gone through something traumatic. I mean, would you? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I thought this kid honestly was like, oh, he's the way he's 
limping and walking. I'm like, oh, wow. They, you know, he hasn't really been fully uh, formed yet. You know, and I thought they were just going to like take him out right, right there. But I was like, okay, they, they grab him and mm-hmm. bring him in. And I'm like, yep, I know that red light. That's, uh, and then when they say, oh, you can play with all the toys yeah. that you want. I'm like, there's like two toys left over, right? you know? <laughs> you can't straight lie to this kid now. But right. yeah, it, that, right. that, it was a moment too. But afterwards, I'm like, okay, you're definitely going to see this kid pay attention to the shoes. And then this, you know, this woman's like, I just can't, I can't take him, Red you know? Shirt. And he's just kind of like, sure, I'm, I'm used to this now. Dead children in my arms, why not? What's another mm-hmm. one? He he is right. Yeah, like, I don't even. Joel's know a whole one. new person now. That 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 father figure of him, he's mm-hmm. that's gone. Uh, at least you know, so he thought. I think. I think uh, the you know mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. a father comes out uh, against his will uh, later on. But yeah, great mm-hmm. first sign. Mm-hmm. I like that we got like I... hints at Joel's character. Because as soon as shit hit the fan, it was all too easy for Joel to go into like kill or be killed mode. You know, like whether mm-hmm. it be bludgeoning his neighbor to death or, you know, when they're driving in the car and this family's calling for help, you know, they have a child, Oof. you know. Oh, yep. We have one too. We have Keep one driving. too. I was like, damn. <laughs> you know, and Sarah looking at him was like, damn. <laughs> you know, because she, I think, you know, she was realizing too, like my dad's kind of an asshole like wow you know because you realize and and i felt like that whole sequence the escape was very much showing you like joel is a ruthless person we're gonna see him he's gonna be ruthless right there was already a ruthless side to him sarah was his saving grace and now there's no sarah he was forgetting his own birthday you know like john wick for himself right he is the john wick (laughs) (laughs) right true on his birthday um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I oh, do shit. love that because we didn't really get, because again, you know, you don't really know, like you're finding out things about Joel's character while you're beating someone to death. You don't really, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't really know why he's like this, but you're like, this right. is necessary right now and I'm doing mm-hmm. it. And, you know, and I feel like you get into his mindset while playing the game because you truly feel like all that violence is necessary. Like we were saying, I don't know if it's on or off podcast, but this game really like, presents you with choices and you don't think of the fact that you could opt out of violence. You could go stealth. You could do certain things, but when you're in it, you're like, no, everyone deserves to die. <laughs> but, but even, even when you don't have, even when even moments you don't have choices, right? You can do all the choices of doing the right thing in the game and not kill people through the cutscenes and the story. Joel still does questionable mm-hmm. things. Right. It's not like the, it changes anything in the story. You know, no. the, the way that we won't go into, but the way the path and narrative takes you, like, damn, Joel. Yeah, you're like, well, <laughs> like, I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to get home, I guess. <laughs> uh, these characters that come up later on, it, it proves his hesitance. It proves that he can't, he can't, no one can trust anyone. There's always some kind of ulterior no. motive for everyone involved, every character that you find, just when you think that they are likable, that, okay, yeah. maybe they could be a great help. Everyone, you know, somehow fails. No. There is no true hero, like, in which, this which story. Is... is anybody really a hero in these kind of times? And I think that that's what this story really shows, or that's what the story is kind of about, is, like, the things that we do to survive, the relationships that you hold on to when there's nothing left. Um, you know, because oof. 
<laughs> but I think, I think, and let's go into the relationship between uh uh, uh we'll go into Tess and Joel in a bit, but let's talk about Joel and Ellie, right? They just met now, and they you know like the game, they meet with tension before they get close to each other. Mikey's mentioned about how he tries to suppress his his father fatherhood and the fact that he's a father, but that slowly comes out. You know, he he has no choice. I mean, the way he bludgeons the guy to death at the end. When, when he finds out that Ellie is infected, the guy tries to kill Ellie. I love that flashback because it's like PTSD trigger. I, I feel like maybe they the just, act, I don't even know if they really needed that. You know, it's like, we just saw that. I think we got the idea, you know. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is coming back, the flashlight and, you know, his face and the gun and, you know, yeah, all he needed was something to hold in his hands, you know, and that would have just been it, you know. But, uh, <laughs> sure, why not, you know. Like, but what I added in. But what I liked about that is again, Noel goes back into like protective father mode, you know, and 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 the relationship with him and, and and Ellie is an interesting one going forward. We won't go into it too much now, but we talked about before about how she was interested in like his, you know, she's always already a potty mouth and stuff like that, and then she's quick to stab this guy, and 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 and, and you know, the 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 fact that um she was so interested and curious about the violence. What I like about her character in the game and how Bella Ramsey's portraying the character in here is that there's still a touch of innocence to her. And 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 it's the thing that's stopping Joel from going full darkness. You know, and, and that's the thing, because he has something to care for and things like that, where she's not super jaded. She gets a bit jaded, but there's still a bit of... And she's not... Because she didn't grow up in the world and because she didn't know what the world was like before... Throughout the game, there's there's a sequence. Uh, oh, I won't talk. I won't. I'll, I'll edit this out. But mm-hmm. the sequence, you know, there's a sequence where she yeah. notices the beauty in this whole yeah uh, darkness, and she notices the beauty throughout the whole thing, even with music. And she's a comic book she likes to read in the in the game, and you know, little things like that show that there's still semblance of hope, still there. It's tiny, but it's still there, and I love that character relationship between the two the space museum scene and who i'm curious to see how that develops over over the show definitely i said oh i'm sorry like when you're talking about the scenes and her noticing the beauty what joel does for her birthday in part two that that's the 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 space capsule yeah it's just kind of like all right just gonna put on these little headphones here and it was him (laughs) reciprocating (laughs) that beauty Damn it, Mike! I'm trying to stop crying. Okay. Yeah, Mike, god damn it! I rewatched the fucking show this morning. I was like, "This is supposed to be darkness, damn it! Not oh, beauty shit. that makes me cry." It's so uh, stupid. Oh, fucking um, what show. else I like? What else I like is this elaborates on Ellie in the way that we don't get in the sh- in the game. It's how smart she is. You know, figuring out the code. The, what the different songs mean. 70s means uh, they've got new stuff. 60s means nothing new. And 80s means bid red X. You know, I love how she kind of gets that information. It's almost, for me, it felt mm-hmm. like solving a puzzle in the game. What does this mean? What does this mean? You know, things like that. So I liked, I liked seeing that side of her uh, in terms of fleshed out more as a, as a character. Because again, you don't, for the most part, you end up playing with her a bit in the first game. You obviously play more with her in, in the second game. but And the yeah. prequel game as well, Left Behind. Which side yep. note, I love that they're incorporating mm-hmm. Talk about the academy and stuff. Yeah. In this. Even though so I realized I afterwards. never played Left Behind. I only realized oh, like two days should, ago. Yeah. So I'm about to start. What? That, you love it. It's it. great. Yeah. And I'm realizing, like, shit, they're going to put that in there. I got to hurry up and play. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, 
they've already started adding stuff on that. Yeah, the the scenes with the best friend are yep. yeah, so yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, and even that we didn't the, know who that, that, game, that was. Um yeah. in the game, like in, not left yeah, behind, but in the actual game. So I have to play that now. Um <laughs> what did I say? Let's talk. I just want to talk briefly about Tess and Joel. What I like here, and this, I think this plays into in the video game, right? Your character is violent. Most video games, your character is violent. It's killing people, you sex. How many people does 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 Drake kill in yeah. You know, things like that. You're <laughs> killing lot. so many people. So Shit, when you translate, you trans- like decimated whole civilizations. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so when you're translating, <laughs> when you translate to live action, how do you maintain that aspect? And I think playing Joel almost. In terms of the backstory between him and Test, maybe there's some romance there as well. I think there's some romance there as well. But I think also Joel mm-hmm. almost plays like her muscle. She's the enforcer, you know? and I love, yeah, like the enforcer exactly, and like the known enforcer. Everybody knows that don't fuck with Test mm-hmm. because Joel will get you. You know things like that, and I love that because you don't really get that in the game. And I love that aspect of Joel being that kind of muscle. It's almost like the guard dog. She has to calm him down until she lets him off the leash. Yeah, kind of thing. Even but his she doesn't initial look down reaction, to... like to her face, like the way he like mm-hmm. tenses up in the chair, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and I, <laughs> like... you know, I know, quote unquote, what they're capable of. But in that scene, mm-hmm. I really felt like you got like even just the subtleties in the acting. You know, I felt like you really, mm-hmm. you really are are thinking like this is this is a dangerous guy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's about to do, yeah, but I wouldn't skills. fuck with him on the street. Yeah. Like I, I'm not messing with this man. Right, mm-hmm. specific. And somehow, Tess, somehow, Tess is one of the few people that can kind of calm him down. You know, he will listen to Tess. Well, she probably <laughs> whoop his ass. I feel like the <laughs> <laughs> crazy enough. The vibe I'm getting from Tess seems like she might be scarier mm-hmm. than Joel. You know, right? you know what she does. Anatole does a fantastic job of making me fear Tess without any aggression. Right, because she's a thinker, and the thinkers are the worst because they'll get you somehow. Because <laughs> when she's yeah. when she's like you know we're gonna get yeah. Robert, I'm like no, she's gonna get him. <laughs> They're gonna get you. I'm sorry, Robert. You better run. You know. You run. I mean, you get you Robert run. in the game, but I felt like you know Robert got gotten this, but Robert shouldn't um, have been trying to get everybody else. So vital lesson Robert, for Robert. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a lesson. That's a lesson in the Yo, post-apocalyptic world. Try to get people who get got. <laughs> <laughs> That's another rule. Rule number two in the apocalypse. Right, right. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse. You try to get people, you might get got. Mm. <laughs> Trying to sell um, a, a dead battery twice. Mm-mm-mm. One last thing I'll talk about. Maybe you touched on this. Um, uh, Merle Dandridge yeah. as Marlene. She plays Marlene in the game, and she was brought back for the series. Again, we get more information, though. You know, when... when um, Ellie tries to say her name's Veronica. I was like, what? They didn't change the game that much, did they? I was so mad. I was like, who the fuck is Veronica? <laughs> but we get a sense that, you know, there's more of a history between Marlene and, and Ellie, more so than Ellie even knows. No. Which I like. We don't have that in the game, do we? No, yeah. no. They didn't have a relationship. No. They're, 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 no. Yeah, there's no backs. There's no connected. So there's like, a connection, but you don't get the connection until literally the last scene. Um, at the yeah, end, yeah. and even then, it's not the and same. And all she says is, "I've known her her whole life, and I was the yeah. one. I promised her mom I would look after." Her. You only get two sentences yeah, yeah, yeah. in the whole game Damn. about yeah, the relationship that. between Marlene and Ellie. So I do like that in this they hash that out because I did felt mm-hmm. like I did feel like in the game that scene when that reveal happened, it was almost like blurted out and kind of forced. You're like, mm-hmm. 
what? You knew it the whole time. And, and, you know, it's like, why didn't you say something? Yeah. You know, so I felt like I, don't I get... liked it better in this one, like the connection, or at least you understand yeah. a little more why it means even more that right. somebody that she knows and was told to look mm-hmm. after is also somebody who is immune. You know, it adds to it. Mm-hmm. And I like knowing that yeah. there was supposed to be a whole squadron going mm-hmm. to protect Ellie to take her cross country because. In a game, it's unclear. It just seems like it's Marlene and, like, two other people. Like, I didn't realize she was, like, a boss and had, like, a whole squadron of people at her leisure that she could just uproot, you know, west whenever need be. Um, yeah. And I think in general, Robert ruined that whole plan. Right. In general, we don't get, in the game, we get Marlene, but not as much as I'd like to have yeah. had that in terms of connection to the narrative. And in this, I think we're getting her fleshed out more and more, which I like. And they are talking to the actress. She was like... She's she's happy that enough time has passed that she's aged up into the character because like the first game was like two thousand three. True, she was younger. <laughs> yeah. What's with two or three or two? No, twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she's she's still now she's aged up a bit. You know, it's ten years later. It makes she sense. Because like, look- they had <laughs> to age like her to make her look older in the game. Yeah. And she was saying right. that like they had to modify her look for the game, and now like ten yeah. years later she actually looks the part. But it's crazy because she actually had to audition, which I love. Like. That mm-hmm. out of hundreds of people who auditioned, she was actually the best person for the role, whether mm-hmm. you know she be the actual voice actress or not. Like she actually had to audition and and mm-hmm. got her role the right way. You know, I love that in the end when Joel beats up the soldier for Ellie, um, right before he beats him up, when the soldier is peeing and <laughs> Joel and them are you know running in the background. You see them in the background, which is what you do in the game. You know, you try to run past and not be seen. And sometimes it's mad obvious. You'd be like, there's no way they didn't see me. In the game, when you're when you're scurrying past, there's a sound that comes on. It goes boom or whatever. And that sound yeah, came on yeah. in the show. Uh, so I don't know if nice. you guys noticed. Notice if you replay no, the part while he's peeing, nice. it goes boom. And then he turns <laughs> and sees Joel and says, hey. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, shit. This is what happens in the game. It's so dope. Like, it's the same sound. And I also noticed in the last, like, in the very last scene, um, you know how it's like, oh, when shit hits the fan, they play 80s music or whatever. I don't know the title of the song, which I meant to look up, but... Um, at the end? Yeah, at the end. Yeah, it's it's called, I wrote it down. It is called Never Let Me Down by Depeche Mode. Dope. So it's an 80s song. And yeah. the lyrics in the song, it says, I'm taking a ride with my best friends, which I love because it's foreshadowing. Because Joel and Ellie are about to become super besties. And beyond that, um, you can also hear the sound of clickers as they do the pan out shot. Um, as they're doing Mm -hmm. a pan out shot of the city. Um, Which, those of you who don't know what that is, you're going to find out next week. You're going to find out. And Raven, on on another level for that song, Mm -hmm. in the code, what does 80s mean? Oh yeah, shit's hitting the fan. (laughs) <laughs> and I also love, lastly, uh, Frank and Bill, man. Frank and Bill on the radio. Uh, so I think yes, I know it's coming yes. in episode two, but I'm excited. Because um, all we all we get told in this is that Frank and Bill on the radio, those are the people who are communicating through the radio. Um, yes. And, you know, audience at home, you guys are going to be able to see who Bill and Frank are. I'm excited for the actors, honestly. Yes, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm excited I'm, too. I'm excited and for also, who plays, plays Bill, but... Yeah. Also, we get introduced quickly to FEDRA, the Federal Disaster Response Agency. I think we're going to see more of them uh, in, in this show and how they can, yeah. like, their rules and their laws. They're the ones 
in, in charge of everything. Oh, we didn't uh, mention so the I fireflies. Think, Shit. Yes. Well, I mean, we we mentioned the fireflies in the sense of Marlene. Okay. In that context. They're yeah, a rebel context, group. But, Don't call them terrorists, yes. though. They get offended. Don't call them terrorists. They terrorists. And again, in the context of the show, there's an interesting... Uh, you go through interesting emotions on the fireflies. Yeah. You know, throughout the, the throughout the game. And I think I'm curious to see how the show plays that out. The know, way the firefly the, 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 took in fact, out this episode, the Fedra agent. I was like, oh shit. Like I wasn't expecting right, that in the right. episode. Right. You're just like watching right. them do a little and then I was like, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one's safe around here. Like nope. free Boston. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> right. <laughs> in fact, um the title of the episode. When you're lost in the darkness, look for the. When you're lost in the darkness is part of the Firefly slogan, which is when you're lost in the darkness, look for the light. Also, the fact that the fact that the font is exactly the same is right? insane. To the point right? where I was like, I did that. they literally just like copy and paste it to like? Well, the they, they had all the game assets, right? They had all the game assets. Just send them over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You have the specs. Just send it. Send right. the graphics. Right. right. <laughs> Make sure you get the font right. Yeah. yeah sure. I love for that sure. the show still feels interactive, even though it's a yes. show. I feel like mm-hmm. people at home, I'm interested to see from people who didn't play the game if they feel as like in it as we do. Like this this yeah. show, I wish that we were far enough with um what do you call it? Uh virtual reality to where a show like this was a VR show. Oh, so in it. Because so like it. this show VR would be like insane um scary right because like being able to look around like you can in the game when you're in the car and stuff so dope but absolutely love this first episode honestly great great first episode yeah Uh, i love it didn't feel like an hour 20 minutes also by the way no it felt short (laughs) right because at first i was like oh hour and a half (laughs) because i got off work i worked a long ass shift i was like oh let me do this fine but i was i was wide awake watching it and it felt too soon i was like oh weak Right, it's like um, I think HBO having an HBO Max is perfect. It suits the network perfectly, and I think they're doing a great service to it. And um, Raven, you spoke about earlier the 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 cinematography is beautiful, and also the music. You know, music score. in the game is a huge part of the score, right? It's the same the banjo. Eighties, yep. Ah, oh, so good, so good, so good, so good. When they like went on their um, journey, oh, that. I was like, oh my god, it's the same song. <laughs> On that note, out. what do you nerdies think of this show? Um, are you a gamer who who's been uh, trans- Are you a gamer who's seen this adaptation, or is are you someone who uh, is watching it for the first time? There's many gamers out there actually who never played the game and they um they are experiencing this for the first time. Let us know. Find us on social media at the Nerdy Bunch and let us know your thoughts. Thank you, Raven. Thank you. Thank you, Rocket Mike. My name is English Dave, and this has been a Nerdy Bunch presentation of The Bunch of Us, where we talk about episode one of HBO's The Last of Us. And as always, Raven, keep it nerdy. Peace. Peace. Stay alive out there, folks. <laughs>